0: Warner, Smith and Bancroft weigh up their options as the fallout continues. It's Wednesday, the 4th of April. It's time for your daily dose of Sporting
1: Agenda. Your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage. The
0: Splash with your host, Phil Pryor. We are back, finally. It's been a long weekend, a long, long weekend for The Splash. Uh, But something I think we probably all needed after the intensity of the sporting news cycle last week, of course. And it was all cricket, unfortunately. Sorry, not sorry, I suppose. Uh, And that's where we're heading today as well. We've got Tom Morris joining us in a moment. We'll also chat a bit of AFL at the back end. But basically, uh, let's just get to the bottom of what now for Dave Warner, Steve Smith... And Cam Bancroft as well. Uh, but before we uh, dial in, a few quick headlines. Uh, NRL first. The Bulldogs uh, Bulldogs fullback, Moses Embi, has been cleared of concussion. Uh, and thanks to an appearance on the Market Watch podcast today for Fox Sports, Matt Moylan and Josh Dugan, uh, according to coach Shane Flanagan, will return for the Sharks. Uh, they've got a big game Friday night against the Roosters in football. Cristiano Ronaldo's goal of the century, or goal best goal you'll probably ever see, uh, which happened overnight this morning, uh, helped sink Juventus uh, in a Champions League quarterfinal uh, leg one. Uh, so Cristiano Ronaldo... For Real Madrid, uh, just in Turin, mind you, uh, Juventus just don't lose there, uh, it seems at the moment. In the NBA, Ben Simmons has led the 76ers to their 11th straight win and joins elite company Hall of Famer Oscar Robertson. as uh, the, He was the last player in their rookie season to go 1,200-plus points, 600-plus rebounds and 600-plus assists. So, quite astonishing there, all the details on the website, courtesy of NBA uh, reporter, Olgen Ulich. Uh, plenty of other news floating around on the website, of course. And Hawks young gun, James Sicily has accepted a one-match ban for an Easter Monday incident involving his knee and Geelong's Joel Selwood. Uh, Tom Morris, just quickly before we move into cricket, I'll uh, introduce our cricket and AFL reporter down in Melbourne, uh, Sicily. Uh, Do you reckon it was worth a a, a one-week ban, first of all? Yeah, I think it was,
1: Phil. Uh, Hello to you. I think it was probably a... um, Well, you could probably argue it was maybe even a two-week ban, but he probably didn't connect with Joel Selwood with his knee that hard, so... But the very action of kneeing is frowned upon in AFL, and as a result, probably one week's fair. I thought James Sicily might go to the tribunal and try to argue his case, but in the end, the Hawks, as you just said, have decided not to, and uh, and he won't be playing this week, which is a big blow for them because he's one of their form players.
0: Yeah, I mean, what what, what would they argue that uh, that Joel Selwood uh, sort of egged him on a bit? But uh, at the end of the day, no. yeah.
1: Yeah, no, they would argue that it was either insufficient force um, or just a complete accident, um, not what preceded the actual, actual incident, but I think it's hard to argue that it was a complete accident. Um, you could probably argue it was insufficient force, although Selwood was clearly riled by it. So, oh, look, I'm, I'm comfortable with the one week, and I think in the end the Hawks knew that their legal parameters would um, would, would mean that they wouldn't be able to get out of that, that situation, so he'll miss.
0: Yeah, fair enough. It, I mean... So many sporting stories at the moment are about, uh, legal parameters and legal teams and, <laughs> and this and that. Uh, moving to cricket, Tom, um, and I haven't even had you on the splash since, uh, since all this big, uh, news <laughs> in South Africa unfolded. Of, of course, everyone's had, had their chance to, to, to say what they, they're, they're feeling on that. But let's move the story forward again. Um, Basically, Steve Smith, Cam Brank- Bancroft and David Warner are weighing up what they do from here, essentially. Um, they have, my understanding is they have until April 11 to either accept yeah. the bans that they've been handed down or re- yeah. request a here as a Cricket Australia hearing. Can you provide any more detail into, into that?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what they have to weigh up over the next few days. David Warner's in Melbourne speaking with his lawyers. We know Steve Smith and Cam Bancroft are weighing up. I mean, it, it all comes down to the fact that the ICC, the world's governing body, gave Cam Bancroft 75% of his match fee. So he didn't even miss a test match, according to the ICC. Now, they, they let David Warner off completely, um, and they gave Steve Smith one test. So whether you like it or not, it's clear that the bans given to Smith and Warner 12 months and Bancroft 9 months are completely disproportionate to what the ICC deems as relative penalties for the incident that occurred, the ball tampering that occurred. Yeah. So the question then is, Phil, should, should the ICC be more harsh or should Cricket Australia be more lenient? And if they do argue the case, you could expect Warner and Smith and, and Bancroft by their legal representatives to argue to the exact point why is there such a discrepancy between the two governing bodies that run the game in Australia and all over the world? And that, I guess, is the is the issue that they need to get to the bottom of. Uh, but the other point I think that's important to make, Phil, is that public sentiment will not like them challenging these bans and taking it to a hearing and then potentially appealing um, the, the penalty from that hearing. Yeah. So public sentiment's really important here, especially for Steve Smith, if he wants to captain Australia again. If they take this all the way, I can just imagine the Australian cricket-loving public will fall off them very, very quickly. They want them... Cricket Australia was only so heavy-handed because the public wanted yes. them to be so heavy-handed. So if they challenge this, it's effectively like the players saying, we disagree with you, the public. We don't think we did enough wrong to warrant 12-month bans." And if that's the case, well... I can expect there will be a lot of backlash from cricket fans all over the country.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's just so interesting how um, it seems like Cricket Australia uh, ha- have such higher standards in this regard than what um, the ICC do. But it comes down to uh, the publicity that it's created and the and the embarrassment that it's created, I suppose. Uh, where, yeah, and and where, yeah, where do you uh, sit in regards to to what they? They should do because, of course, I mean, it just complicates uh, matters uh, for for Warner and and Smith and Bancroft when, uh, you know, when it when at the end of the day that they, they've got to be sort of marketable in in the public eye. Yeah,
1: oh, I, I think if Warner has no interest in playing for Australia again, and he was non-committal on that the other day, he should just challenge it because he's going to make heaps of money playing T Twenty cricket around the world, regardless. Um, and he should challenge it and take it all the way because effectively public sentiment will be irrelevant to him because he's going to be playing for franchises all around the world. He won't be wearing the green and gold again. The Gale Tour. Yeah, the the Gale, the Peterson, there's plenty of them around. Brad Hodgson for a few years, um, Blaine Bravo. But if he does want to play international cricket again, then he's got to be really careful. Uh, Clearly, I think it's a little bit heavy-handed, the band's, but as Cricket Australia is trying to draw a line in the sand, the problem, with, the problem for Cricket Australia is they hadn't forecast any uh, specific heavy-handedness in this regard before the incident took place. So no one knew that ball tampering in this instance was so frowned upon by the governing body and Then they've gone out and come, gone whack. And you think, geez, where's that come from? Well, it's come from the public sentiment, as you said. And I think Steve Smith should just cop it. Um, as harsh as it will be on him, it might actually be best for him. It might be a blessing in disguise to get away and mm. get away from cricket for a bit. And Bancroft, well, he's got a good career ahead of him anyway. So I'd be advising them to, to say, "Look, it's probably unfair, but this is the situation. It's the it's the perception that matters. It's the optics, and in the end, that's all the public cares about."
0: Why, uh, out of interest, why are the ICC handing down such? Um, irrelevant uh, penalties for yeah. for these incidences all around the world because clearly it's not a good look. And, and perhaps I was overreacting last week on on the splash, but I sort of compared this situation a little bit to cycling in terms of where that sport has gone in its popularity because we just can't... Trust that anyone isn't breaking the rules anymore, and yeah. unless the ICC comes out a little bit more strongly, uh, you know, drawing the line in the sand using this incident, then people are just going to keep doing it around the world. If if they're only going to be punished, so uh, you know, so... so flippantly, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I think I think Cricket Australia has come out and tried to be the leaders in this regard, and in doing so, they're trying to. Warn off any other players certainly in australia but around the world that would think about ball tampering but to answer your initial question why is the icc so light-handed in their penalty or at least um comparatively light-handed it's because they have a table to work through and they go much like the match review panel and the afl and the nrl they go through a, a table and they tick the boxes and it comes out it spits out a penalty and that's exactly what they've done here they probably don't have the flexibility to ban someone for six or twelve months just for either orchestrating or actually ball tampering. And that's that's a problem in itself because there's there's also different levels of cheating, isn't there? You just mentioned cycling and um, and drug abuse, and clearly people see that as completely against the rules, and it is, but why is getting sunscreen off your forehead and putting it on the ball when the intention is to tamper with it, albeit not in such a blatant way? Uh, any worse or any better than what we've seen with sandpaper. I mean, you may as well get a set of scissors and cut up the rough side of the ball. Ball tampering is ball tampering. And I don't like the way that cricket, as a sport, separates it all. You you can throw the ball into the ground from deep square leg and the umpire might warn you after a few occasions because you're trying to rough up the ball and you say, sorry, I won't won't do that again. That's ball tampering as well. So I think cricket needs to draw up a long, well, a, a concise list, but a but a very clear and articulate list of what constitutes ball tampering, what you can and cannot do. And mm. until cricket does that, these sort of grey areas will continue to, to mount and it will be very difficult for administrations to to police them because you can't have cameras on every single field or at every, any given one time.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, Dave Warner and Steve Smith uh, won't be playing in the IPL in the upcoming season. They've been uh, cast by their... Uh, respective franchises uh, but Ben Stokes will be for almost killing someone um, that seems yeah. that seems fair and reasonable
1: yeah that 's an interesting one itself I mean I, I, my views have changed there slightly because I thought um, I thought a while ago that, that well, I still think the ECB handled the Ben Stokes situation terribly but i 'm now of the opinion that regardless of what happens uh, um, to Ben Stokes he, his, his day in court's coming and he could go to jail yeah so I think he's, I mean, he's missed an entire Ashes series and he missed the first part of New Zealand. I think, um, I think that's important to understand that the cricket punishment has been handed down. And then once the law hands down its punishment on Stokes, that will be far heavier if he is found guilty indeed and if he does get a, you know, time in jail or a heavy fine or whatever it is. So I get the feeling it's important to separate those two things now, but I do understand the comparison because you've got Stokes playing cricket in the IPL and he punched someone and Smith. Said, "Oh, do whatever you want regarding ball tampering," and he's not playing the IPL. But I think they are different situations when you delve a little bit deeper.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you for providing some perspective. That's exactly where I've got you on the podcast, Tom. <laughs> no worries, Bill. <laughs> um, <laughs> but on on top of the fact that they're, um, it looks unlikely that Smith and Warner and Bancroft are going to be uh, unavailable for selection at least uh, domestically in cricket for a long, long time. Uh, mm. they're, they're also uh, that they're also potentially facing uh, issues with their um, sponsors, uh, and and I, I believe you just filed a story about their bat sponsorships. Um, so we've got yeah. we've got Kookaburra, Gray Nichols, and New Balance all weighing up their options.
1: Yeah, well, so it's actually just gone on foxsports.com.au. Just then, so have a read if you listen to this podcast after the podcast, of course. But yes, Kookaburra has. Uh, released a statement, and they have officially suspended Cam Bancroft for the year, which makes sense. They're they're still looking to sign him up beyond um, his his, uh, his his suspension, but Bancroft's no good to them playing club cricket, um, or if he's not playing for Australia. So it makes sense that they don't pay him for this year coming up. And it's not as if he was on a big contract there anywhere. I understand it to be you know just in the tens of thousands of dollars, and then with yeah. some bonuses for games. The big news is New Balance for Steve Smith and Grey Nichols for Warner, because there would be thousands and tens of thousands of kids around the country, if you ask them who, who's Warner's sponsor and who's Smith's sponsor, they'll be able to tell you. They're instantly recognisable by yeah. their bat brand. Yeah. So the story that's gone up um, says that Warner's bat brand, Grey Nichols, and Kaboom, which has been his bat for a couple of years now, um, is going to make a decision that Im- they're imminently making a call on his future with the brand and whether... Um, they can sustain it. So they've got three options, essentially. Either they cull him, much like um, much like LG did or ASICS did, um, and just that's it. Or they suspend him, like Kookaburra had with Bancroft, or they stick by him and continue to pay him minus the match payments. And that's the decision the you balance have to make as well. So that's exactly what's happening. It's a very uh, difficult situation for those companies, I'm, I'm sure. But, I mean, Qantas has stuck by the team. Um, ASICS has, has left. So the Commonwealth Bank has also um, has also culled. Steve Smith as, a, as, its, as its ambassador, and that just leaves Elise Perry and Meg Lanning as their ambassadors. So there's a fair bit of movement going on. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that TV rights are up as well. So with yeah. Channel 9 getting the tennis from 2020 onwards, Cricket Australia's got to sell their product, which at the moment is in tatters, and hope the TV networks take it on board.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just reiterating the uh, sort of the, the top angle of, of this ongoing cricketing saga is that uh, the three. Australian players have to decide by April 11 whether or not they accept their bans or request a Cricket Australia hearing. Tom, one more question before we move to the AFL uh just finally. Um have we uh, collectively as a a a cricket loving country sort of uh been too harsh with our assessment of of David Warner and all of this because he's clearly copped the brunt uh, of uh, of the criticism it, it, pretty much as soon as Smith and Bancroft touched down in Australia and fronted the media um, and sort of uh, you know accepted responsibility uh, everyone immediately turned on Warner and despite uh, him and his family's best efforts to uh, to come out and and offer their thoughts inside of the story um, Dave Warner's been sort of made to be the scapegoat in all of this?
1: Yeah, I, I, well, we don't know what the truth is yet, do we? We need to get to the bottom of that, and I don't think that, that may not happen for months or years to come, but clearly with David Warner, they put the barricades around him, whether it's Cricket Australia or the other players, and they made him a scapegoat. Now, he may, may be the most culpable. We don't know at this stage. Um Have we been too harsh? We probably have been too harsh. They haven't killed anyone. But uh, what Australians can't stand for is cheating. Um, And we can't believe it as a nation that any of our leaders on the sports field would be cheats. And that's exactly what's occurred here. So whether you like it or not, they knew it was coming. If you cheat, you've got to suffer the consequences. I do feel sorry for all three, especially Smith and, and, and probably more so Bancroft, but in the end, if you, if you do the wrong thing, then you're going to cop it. And that's exactly what's happened here. Uh, we need to wait and see what the full story is before we comment completely on whether they deserve 12-month bans or whether they should be lighter or heavier. But certainly from a public perspective, the, uh, the nation was outraged by what they saw on TV and the footage was damning.
0: Yeah, Tom, this fair play thing, Australians can't cop cheats. I was having this uh, conversation with my mum actually over the the Easter long weekend and she loves Australian history and that kind of thing and she reckons that she believes that it dates all the way back to Australian settlement, convicts coming over from England and trying to prove themselves as stand-up citizens and an opportunity to do that was through sport uh, and through fair play in sport. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think, it's a re- I think it's a reasonable point. The, the reality is Test cricket predates Federation by 24 years. So yeah, the first yeah. Test match was in 1877 and we had a national identity back then and then we only became a country in 1901. So um, there was a, an Australian identity long before there was actually a country of Australia. We, I think we, we hold ourselves to a higher moral ground and we are shattered when any of our sports people... Are proven as drug cheats or, or cheats in any way but I think it's probably a little bit irrational and a little bit naive to think that no Australians have ever done anything wrong as well because in the end we've seen with this and, and other sporting events over the journey that we're not completely clean of corruption um, in terms of the convicts yeah we're, we're straight shooting aren't we we're mm. Australians call it we like to think we call it as we say it again there's this high moral ground that we like to think what we are is, and we're probably not quite that. But I
0: think that's a good way of summing it up, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, I think we're for, we, try, we try to be forthright and honest and clearly the Australian cricket team has pushed the boundaries for too long and they've lost some public sentiment and here it's absolutely plummeted as a result of that as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, well said. Uh, Tommy, What are you, uh, what's your reaction after two rounds of the AFL competition for 2018? <laughs>
1: Uh, two rounds in, well, there's four teams that are unbeaten, which is remarkable given that this time last year, there were eight teams that were unbeaten. So it's a very even competition. Mm. Any, any given week, it's very difficult to pick who's going to win, who's going to lose. I think um, I'm, I'm super impressed with some performances in round one, and then round two, they offer the complete opposite. I think St Kilda and the Bulldogs are in a lot of trouble. St Kilda don't have many stars, and the Bulldogs are playing without any sort of passion or pride, which is remarkable given that they were premiers in 2016. And then the other end of the, of the ladder, um, you've got the Gold Coast Suns who are two and naught with a new coach. There is always a new, there's often a new spike, a spike with our new coach. But Stuart you seems to be doing a good job there as well. The big storylines, of course, are Tom Lynch and Rory Sloan and Jeremy McGovern and Andrew Gaff and these players, what they're going to do at the end of the year. And I expect at least one or two of them will move and that they'll play out. But certainly from a football perspective and in regards to the Easter Monday game, Trelong Hawthorne, it was a terrific spectacle. So let's hope that the scoring can stay high and the, and the weather stays good and the ground stay hard because I think it's really important for the game of footy to have those high scores rather than you know eight eight goals to nine games.
0: Yeah, that was uh, that was a fantastic game of footy on Monday. Mm. Who who are your who, if there is going to be a surprise packet this year similar to mm. Richmond last year or potentially even or uh, well, maybe even the Bulldogs the year before? Yeah. Who 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 is it? Um, that's a good question. I think. Well,
1: I think at the moment Gold Coast, as I just mentioned, I mean you've got to remember the Gold Coast Suns. They, even though they play a lot of their I mean they're playing a home game in Perth this weekend because of the Commonwealth Games, which is (laughs) should be a win for Fremantle. But they've got Tom Lynch at one end and Steve May at the other. Two of the best. You could argue the best centre half back and the best centre half forward in the AFL. Now Tom Lynch as a pure centre half forward is probably not what Buddy Franklin is or maybe a couple of others, but he's certainly a franchise player and steve may at the other end in defense who's his co-captain um is probably more of a half back than alex rance who's probably more of a fullback and you could argue he's one of the best defenders and a really good user of the ball so at either end they've got some real talent and then in the midfield they've got some high draft picks jared lyons is playing some good footy so i don't know a surprise packet maybe but probably not premiers but i don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility especially given they're two and naught for the Suns to make the eight. And that would be an incredible achievement in itself under Stuart Dew.
0: Yeah, he's certainly got them playing uh, a high-pressure, manic, uh, defensively-orientated style of footy, which is getting the job done. It's what helped uh, get the job done for the last two premiers in the AFL. So Stuart Dew, he is onto a winning ticket there, I reckon. Uh, Tommy Morris, thank you very much for joining today's Splash.
1: Phil, I've enjoyed it. Go well, (laughs) son.
0: There he was, Tom Morris. Don't forget, you can catch him on the couch Monday nights on Fox footy, of course, uh, from 8.30, I believe. Uh, he is uh, this year's reporter, so he comes in at the back end of the show to break some big news after the gang uh, have their chance to analyse each and every round of the AFL competition, one of my favourite to- uh, shows on TV each and every week, That is for sure uh, and that'll do us on today's splash uh, thank you everyone for your company continue the conversation with myself on twitter at phil underscore prior that's a wrap